It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, hello. Welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. It's Noah, my main man, Noah, my great producer, Michelle Cooley, my great co-host. It's Friday. Friday. (laughs) Friday. Man, you know what, man? Friday. And I always love It's Friday night. (laughs) I like to start a Friday off with a fantastic guest always. And I guess tonight, you know, I, I, this guy is so incredible. I don't even know how to even introduce him or how to. I, I just know over the last week, week and a half, uh, the conversations and me getting an opportunity to know him. I'm just going to call Christopher my friend <laughs> uh, because that's what we have become over the last week, week and a half. And uh, nothing like fast friends. Noah, when the connection happens, man, it just happens. But Noah, you know how me, you and I are. Music oh, same. Lovers, you and I were the same uh, way. Love, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know we love jazz. We love. Uh, we love symphony. We love everything. This guy is all of that. A bucket of chicken, and everything. A uh, uh, a bag of tater chips. Everything wine in one. Wow. And, um, this guy composed for some of the best in the world. Yeah, you told I've me that. World. You had me at composing, man. You know I love my film music. <laughs> and a movie guy, film guy, most importantly, Noah, an incredible guy. <laughs> and uh, as we uh, interview this guy tonight, you are going to see exactly what I'm talking about. But my friend, my friend, I was listening to some of the shows earlier today, man. You seem like you're on fire today. Oh, so, so much to talk about and not enough time to do it in. Lots of fire being created, lots of great radio, and this show is no exception. We got a great guest, and I'm sure we're going to find out a lot about this guy. Man, yes, and I, I tell you, man, uh, I want to introduce uh, uh, this young lady that uh, you might know her a little bit, Noah. I have to deal with her every day, and, you know, when she swing, and she's a little woman, but when she swing and hit, it hurts. Well, that's uh, why you've got to treat her right, my focused. friend. <laughs> and that's my great, great co-host and also my queen. And she is the queen, Michelle Cooley. How you doing, Michelle? The queen is fine. The queen is fine today. How's the king? Well, the king is fine because the queen is fine. And we got the princess, Bella, over here. Our black lab, <laughs> Bella. She's the, she is the princess. Actually, she thinks she runs this whole house. But, but Noah and our listening audience, I, just like I, I, I said, if you guys want to learn uh, the incredible lives, a Christopher Kalendo and a lot of the things that he's doing. And I tell you, uh, not just that, but he's brilliant. <laughs> I'm a, when I, when I mentioned brilliant, uh, I'm not just talking about, uh, musical that academically and everything that he does from what I have learned to know of him. He's a perfectionist, just like you know. And me. <laughs> yeah, I know a little yeah, bit about perfectionism when it comes to uh, the craft of in your career. You and I uh, share that as well, my friend. And man, that's just if you do it big or you don't do it at all. That's right. And that's just my motto. <laughs> but I tell you what, my friend and my listening audience, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Michelle, can you please? Tell our listening audience the purpose of tonight's show. Yes. Well, the title of tonight's show is Christopher Caliendo, highly acclaimed world music composer. 
And the purpose of the show tonight is to get to know the background of Christopher Caliendo, to learn about his career as a composer within the film and television industry, get to know why he created 2T Academy, learn about the program Octave 8 and what it encompasses, discuss his experience with the Vatican, and how he teaches musicians to find their purpose. Can you please introduce this great guest to our listening audience? Yes. Hailed a wonderkind by LA Weekly, Christopher Caliendo is a world music composer and concert guitarist whose diverse music styles featuring everything from Brazilian samba to Italian folk songs to American pop music to classical melodies have been embraced worldwide, finding equal renaissance with film studios, philharmonics, chamber societies, the Vatican, the U.S. military, fellow artists, political figures, and celebrities. As a composer, Caliendo is considered a best bet by the Los Angeles Times with more than 400 published theatrical works, many of which are standards in today's repertoire, and several have been chosen as subjects for dissertations for doctoral students. As a self-publisher, Caliendo has won numerous honors, including 10-time winner of the National Flute Association's newly published Seat Music Award. As a composer for film and television, Caliendo's accomplishments include the 20th Century Fox Commission soundtrack to John Ford's 1924 silent film, The Iron Horse. Additional composing honors for Caliendo include commissions by three state senators to premiere and perform new jab chamber jazz works at fundraising events, a decorative scroll from the city of Los Angeles commemorating Caliendo's distinction as the first American to be twice commissioned by Pope John Paul II for the Vatican's Encounters of Sacred Contemporary Music Festival in Rome, Italy, where he debuted The Mystic Saints, a two-hour drama based on four of the Catholic Church's most enamic pioneers in Western spirituality. Caliendo's love of music began at an early age, playing guitar at age five and composing music at age 14. A graduate of the New England Conservatory of Music, the University of Massachusetts, Lowell, and the University of California, Los Angeles, where he received a Master of Fine Arts in Music and graduated magna cum laude. Christopher serves as a juror for the Irish Film and Television Academy Awards, lives in San Dimas, California, and spends his favorite moments with his wife, Dr. Kristen Caliendo, and his son, Christian Paul. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Christopher Caliendo. Christopher, how you doing? Welcome to the show, my friend. We're going to get this started. I mean, we're going to get it started and we're going to take a station break in about two minutes, but I wanted my wife to read all of that because it's, it's important. How you doing, my friend? How you doing today? I'm actually starving right now. I could eat a corny's <laughs> game hen, maybe three of them. Uh, thank you so much. And, and I think initially, fundamentally, uh, Mr. Cooley, thank you for your service to our country. Uh, thank you for the production team to have me. Thank you, Chuck Trioni, for introducing us. And I have to thank Bill Ellenmeyer, the ultimate networker, who probably knows every individual on the planet, for uh, having Chuck be introduced to me to be introduced to you. So a very warm embrace to all of you on this godly day. And, you know, I tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure getting an opportunity to know you and chat with you over the last week, uh, week and a half. And uh, to learn so much about uh, a lot of your craft and a lot of the things that you're doing. And um, I mean, not just uh, from a music perspective, but from a personal perspective and and uh, faith perspective, because Noah and I and Michelle, I mean, I hope I'll, I'll listen to the audience. Uh, we, we love the Lord. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, we do. And everything that uh, uh, that I do, I try to get uh, uh, the Lord opinion on it. And uh, that's just how we are. But I tell you, Christopher, what we're going to do, we're going to take a station break. But when we come back, you got the next three segments and we're going to introduce you to our listening audience. And they really going to get an opportunity to know who Christopher Kalendo is. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. 
It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we got this fantastic guy. Uh, I guess. Christopher Kalindo. And, I, you know, I might mess his name up, uh, but uh, I, I call him friend. And I tell you, I, I, I noticed that we got a lot of people tuned in, and that is absolutely fantastic. Remember, if you want to ask this great man some questions, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Christopher, let me say, I got, I just, uh, I'm, I'm still thrilled. And um, I, I got to ask you to explain to our listening audience, where are you from and where did you grow up? Yeah, I'm from, uh, I was born in Jackson Heights, Queens, uh, to Mr. and Mrs. Yolanda and Jerry Caliendo, and uh, who provided me uh, a type of role model. And I would imagine parents are a child's first role model and their most important teachers, but uh, in those years, my, my mother took care of five children, uh, her Bolognese mother from Italy, her daughter, while my dad worked two full-time jobs to support us and had a part-time weekend job as a sign painter. Uh, my mother's patient and long-lasting involvement with her children was a, was a great benefit to us all as I learned the fundamental values of goodness, uh, cleanliness, I hope mom organization, <laughs> and godliness from mom. But my father who, uh, like Eugene, serviced in in the Korean War. Um, He introduced music to me. He introduced discipline. He introduced a a very high work ethic and an insatiable appetite for self-discovery and education. And these were the essential ingredients for the optimal development of both my early and uh, later life. Wow, you mentioned role models, and uh, you you couldn't have picked uh, uh, any better. And... uh, you started playing guitar at a an early age, and as well as composing music. How did you choose the love? Because you do so many different things as as it becomes the music and composing. Tell us, tell our listening audience a little bit about what got you intrigued, and how did you go about choosing this as your lifelong love, other than wife, kids, and everybody else. Uh, but we're talking music. Yeah, well, my dad um, tells me that he handed me a guitar at the age of four and a half, and I disapproved of the instrument, uh, disheartened but hopeful that I would learn music. He approached me a second time six months later, he says, and to his delight and astonishment, I had recalled from memory the one, four, five chords in first position and played them for him. 
And from that moment on, I never looked back. I, I set my course on music with an unusual degree of focus. And as you know, James, focus brings velocity. And uh, to any of them, any subject, any intent, and by 11, um, I had learned enough about, I think, the instrument that it seemed a natural ambition to newly direct my musical interests uh, to compos- composing music. And uh, that's how those, those two things happened. Christopher, what is music, and what do you think music's purpose is? Oh, leave it to the women to ask the most difficult questions. <laughs> 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 music, uh, music is the recreation of reality, which begins in cognition, the mental process of acquiring knowledge, then requires the need to sum the long and complex totality of man's widest metaphysical abstractions into perceptual awareness, i.e., what you ultimately hear, the music itself. Unlike other art forms, music's effect is automatically immediate, deeply personal, profoundly intense, and from the composer to the audience explains, this is what life means to me. So the primary purpose of a composer is to bring his view of man and of existence into reality. So when a composer's bandwidth to God is as large as, let's say, Beethoven's, we are among a genius whose music tests the landscape of time, whose music remains contemporarily significant from day to day, decade to decade, eon to eon, whose music knows nothing of social justice or injustice, it transcends cultural barriers and profoundly connects with all people, which raises an interesting question about music and maybe art in general. Does music have an agenda? Does God have an agenda with art? And if music has an agenda, perhaps it provides a bastion, you know, stronghold, a, a uh, safe fortification where we can escape the chaos and malevolence of the world, even if temporary, to provide a profound resource, a quiet garden maybe, for man's indomitable need to trust God, faith, and have a validation, a reflection, a proof, a visceral one, that God exists. Wow. What is, your formal education is at the New England Conservatory in Boston and the um, University of Massachusetts, Lowell, and then you go on to MFA and UCLA. What did you learn from your education? Wow. Uh, well, I, I studied privately at New England Conservatory of Music uh, with uh, Malcolm Payton, who was a neoclassicist giant. This is the music from 1900 to 1950. And also uh, Joe Mineri, who taught modal counterpoint, which was the, is, is the music of the Middle Ages, which is sadly no, no longer taught in school today. Um, if I were just to take my experience with teaching music education and to bring it into two, two things I learned. One of them is music simply, the idea of composing music is, is nothing but variation technique. So the composer has an idea and then the, the, the next sense of responsibility is to take that idea and write permutation after permutation after permutation of that idea. So you have a connection to the prima materia, the initial idea, the initial design. And then this remarkable thing happens when intuition kicks in. And the composer then knows the architecture, sees the composition, the entire arc from left to right in terms of the uh, the temporal manifestation of sound. And he uses psychology to set up those chronicle blocks in order to create the most visceral effect on the listener. The second thing I learned is never to compose something the same twice. So, and, and if I would maybe, it would be easier to explain that from a performance point of view. If you've got eight symmetrical measures that are repeated again, never play or even compose that second set the same way. These, these are two profound things I learned. And I think once I mastered them, I, I really mastered most of the essential um, compositional fundamental elements to create good music. Christopher, producer Noah here. Just love having you on, finding out about you and, and, and what you do. Big into film. I'm big into music and composing. Uh, my first question to you is, what's your favorite movie score, your favorite film score that uh, you were not in personally involved with, something that just inspires you. You hear that music, you're like, wow, I love that. Oh, gee, I, I, I'm just so against robot answers. But um, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a kid, I'm an Italian New Yorker kid from the 70s, and I have to say, I mean, there's, there's quite a few, of course, know about The Godfather is one that just stands out. That's a great one. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's actually so much more than just great, because there's very little music. Nino Rota was very bright and smart enough. This is a man who had his music conducted and performed by Leonard Bernstein with the New York Philharmonic. He had an extraordinary acumen when it came to composition. He could write successfully in film where his style was so different than his contemporary theatrical music. So composers like this and Jerry Goldsmith, indelible score to Planet of the Apes, uh, Bernard Herrmann, uh, score to, believe it or not, Jason of the Argonauts, which I absolutely adore. But there, there's so many great ones. And I wouldn't dare touch them. Now, maybe you don't know this, but I was given the opportunity of a lifetime when Grover Crisp at Sony Pictures called me up and said, Christopher, I want to, I'm going to send a car to your house to pick you up, drive you to screening room two, I want you to watch a film. So I'm sitting with two suits and Grover, who is head of film restoration for Sony Pictures. And I'm watching a, a film by, directed by Sam Peckinpah, the great director of Westerns, The Wild Bunch being probably the apogee of his catalog. And it's the predecessor of the Major Nun. He was done in 1965, uh, along with Cleopatra, which is a big bomb financially. So here I am watching it, and it's the grainy version, unrestored version, with missing film, incogent, and then Grover asked me the ubiquitous question, uh, what do you think? And I didn't even know what the film was about. It was that bad. And, and uh, so he said, give me a number. I want you to rescore this to Capitol Records. What turned out was... Uh, I, I was the first composer in Hollywood to rescore an existing picture, which Leonard Moulton, my dear friend and a great film critic, said was the worst film score ever composed in film history by the Russian composer Daniel Antipyatrov. And I rescored it, and it, and it just became it, it made history. And now it's on the cover of the charts. But to your interesting question, the the the, the battle line of a Hollywood reporter was, "What's Caliendo going to do next? Rescore Gone with the Wind with the Calypso beat." <laughs> Another wow. one I wouldn't dare touch, you know. But uh, it's an interesting point you make because I think I, the emperor, the emperor, uh, the emperor, uh, the emperor North, the emperor of the emperor of the North with Ernie Borgnine. That's a film that I think I would die to rescore. Uh, and, and with all with all credits to the composer, it's a very delicate line, you know. But there are certain scores to your point that I I watch and I go, oh, I, or listen, and I just go, oh, I would love the opportunity to rescore that picture, but I wouldn't dare touch anything sacred like the godfather gone with the wind planet of the apes uh, there's so many of them yeah godfather amazing planet of the apes i have many others as well if you could actually sure. compose something for a current film series that's kind of ongoing is there something out there currently that you said i'd like to put my own personal touches on that i think i could really make something wonderful and beautiful oh i i would have loved to have rescored fringe um, I would have had a field day with that. Uh, I even watched Daredevil and enjoyed that. I, I'd like to stay away from Marvel movies and all this stuff because I just think it's just so form of a function and so, you know, uh, so franchise mentality driven. But I, I would go for the artistic stuff. And I, I don't get a chance to watch as much television as, as I'd like to. And I'd like to answer that question more academically. Um, uh Gee, 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 television series, episodic, te oh, Peaky Blinders. I wouldn't touch that either, by the way. I don't know if you've seen that. That's, that's Tom Scott's music. That's great. Um, but I'm, I'm sure there exists in series I'd like to touch upon. Um, I just, nothing comes to my mind right now. But if you shoot out some television series that I've watched, I could give you a better answer. My mind just escapes me right now. I'll have to think, think um, about that during the break. But yeah, there are so many. And it's like you say, there are so many that they're, they're, it, like the superhero genre, even though I really enjoy that, it's it's not as artistic as something that you would like to do. Well, if, if I'd like to take one shot at it, just to just I, I hate to say prove a point, but I, I to get away from the Hans Zimmer, the Danny Elfman, the the typical wall to wall music with digital sounds and the music of the holiday, the drums, drums, drums. I would like to show some perhaps display some artistic. You see, again, I'm concerned about the feedback I'm going to get from this, but. I am a traditional composer. I have written fugues. I have done the hard work. Uh, I'm not a guy who presses buttons on a, on a keyboard to produce a digital sound. I call myself a composer. So I bridge the Henry Mancini generation into the world of electronic music. So, you know, over the younger guys, I've got a lot of experience. So to the credibility of that experience, um, I would love a shot at a Spider-Man or a Marvel movie just once. Just once. But I'd say where the action really is, I would love to score an animated movie for kids. 
at Christopher. I, I Hold that thought. Is- Hold that thought because yeah. you just hit a, uh, a spot with my producer, Noah. Uh, you just call a couple of things. When we come back, we're going to comment on, on all of those. But we, we got to take a station break right now. This is absolutely fantastic. Listen, audience, you want to be part of this conversation? That's 1 888 We'll be back with Christopher right after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And wow, Christopher, guy, (laughs) man. Ah, man, this is absolutely fantastic. Noah, Noah, you know what I'm thinking about doing already and catch him. And, Wait, and get I can a, read your mind, James. Uh, uh, you I'm need to schedule him a, for another show because we're uh, going to have so many questions. And, and, and we get a confirmation on air. That means he, he, he locked in or he said, well, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but my great producer, this guy is bringing it. We got. Uh, can we do that, producer? Uh, we can definitely get it back on. All we need is a yes on his end and we're locked. <laughs> uh, Christopher? Well, I, I'd be delighted. No, thank you. And by the way, Noah, <laughs> in any any Star Trek, any Star Trek on TV, I would die to score. Oh, you're becoming I, my best friend overnight. Spider Man, Star Trek, uh, we love you. <laughs> love, love, love Star Trek. Okay, so real quick, I, I mean, I was I was going to ask you about Spider Man, but we're going to shift that to Star Trek. What is your favorite? And I'm asking for a specific reason. What is your favorite Star Trek series? music-wise, and how would you adapt that for something that you would do on a maybe a, a new episode, if there was one? What style would you bring to that? Oh, there's no question the original Star Trek. Uh, there's no question. That's the one of my favorites. The, the, the four giant orchestrators and composers that served under Alexander Courage, um, again, traditional scoring, when film scoring was an art to these people, uh, these men and women, these great artisans from yesteryear. I hate to sound old-fashioned, but I'm just saying, listen, and the whole television series comes to a muck-time Theodore Sturgeon, the great science fiction writer. Harlan Ellison was a very dear friend of mine for years, uh, who wrote City on the Edge of Forever, which got into the one top 100 teleplays of all time. So yeah, these are giants. You know, these are giants. These are people who have done their work, worked hard, and, and they've left behind a legacy that inspired 
How many? Five decades? Five decades of television series and movies. Fantastic men. And the fact that you, you like that old-fashioned way of doing it, like actual, actually composing it without the synthesizers and all of that, that is – not that the other stuff is, isn't good and can't be good, but that's actually where my heart is as well. So I love that. Yeah, and, I, and I'll answer that for young composers listening today who maybe, who maybe say, oh, the guy's you know, an old-fashioned guy. I don't want to discredit electronic music. To me, electronic music is the same thing that happened in this, during the second Viennese time when Harold Schoenberg – just, just completely lamb-blasted Western tonality, the end of Rickard Strauss's epic era, uh, into what we call atonal music, 12-tone music, dodecaphonic music. And out came all of this abstract stuff, of which 95% is really not that very good, but the 5% that has lasted time, it, it, it created a new type of, of vocabulary, a new type of, um, of musical canvas, a new type of dissonance. Um, but the electronic music is, but, but again, it's a technique. It's an aspect of creating. Indeed. It shouldn't dominate creativity. Electronic music is another aspect of the orchestral palette. It should be used judiciously. And, you know, it's come a long way. In my day, during the advent, electronic music was like, how dare you try to copy a human being performing an instrument? That's sacrilegious to me. But virtual libraries have gotten so extraordinary because we're sampling now the London Symphony Orchestra, Abbey Road Orchestra, where symphony, you know, every major uh, orchestra, even Berlin, has been sampled. So it's gotten better and better and better and better. And the technology now has gotten to the point where five or six years ago, I created my own studio in the house to keep up because you have to compete today. You have to be able to do this. But the skill I bring to electronic music and now it's, it's exploding for me because now I'm coming up with different ways. I have young kids come over to my house to train and they go, I'm looking at your digital files and my goodness, they look very different. I don't typically see this because my approach is going to be different, right? But no, I, I, don't, I embrace it to a degree to add flavor, fragrance, perfume the music, and to also use it economically in case those budgets are so small, which they are today, where to do it in-house and bring in one or two human beings playing instruments gives it the life necessary to augment the picture and do what film scoring should do. Give it life. No, I agree. And it's just like CG in movies, too. CG, I like it better when it's used to add textures and layers, not when a movie is completely saturated by it. Christopher. Well look, at, look at Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, how he used models, CG. He just, he, he did so many different things to create the effects he did and the results are genius. Yeah. Christopher, can you tell us what you learned about your experience at the Vatican? Oh boy. Again, Michelle asked all the very challenging questions. <laughs> well, um, yes, of course. And, and it's, um, my work, first of all, um, the, the first commission was based on the 16th century chronolite Teresa of Avila. The second on her contemporary San Juan de Yepes, known to us as St. John of the Cross. The mystics, through, and these were mystics living in Mount Carmel, through a contemplative process, would lead them to union with God. Uh, if there's a way to simplify a mystic's approach to seeking the divine, it would be seek God through the dark nights of the soul to union. I think a lot of us have heard about the dark nights of the soul. This is where this comes from. The dark nights are plateau periods where the mind wishes to go on, but the body has exhausted itself. And these are the periods of darkest and, uh, and typical of mystical writings, which are usually paradoxical. We gain our greatest spiritual growth during these dark nights of the soul. So once I started to understand this, I began uh, to write a corresponding formula for a composer, because uh, as a child, my two greatest interests that drove my curiosity was the origin of God and the origin of music. And God always existed then certainly God created music, then right there and then, I, 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 you could imagine what it must be like for a, a, a teenager to all of a sudden have an experience where music enters their head from somewhere. And the compelling nature is to write it out. How do I do that? How do I get it from the cognitive faculty to the metaphysical abstractions, bringing in my, my feelings on what that music means to me, my writing about love, courage, fear, and then it's a perceptual awareness, i.e. what you hear. So when I got commissioned by the Vatican, uh, these thoughts as a child um, found ultimate fulfillment when I was commissioned to write on a sacred subject, and I was at the, the UCLA library, their research library, wondering what topic to choose, and it seemed almost like divine purpose when I was walking on the fifth floor 
of the research library, I walked into the works of Teresa of Aguila, and I pulled out the 16th century Carmelite's work, Personal Letters, Literature, and Poetry. And one of the, 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 the initial poem that struck me was um, uh, uh, on patience. It was, it was the poem she wrote on patience. And let nothing trouble you, let nothing worry you, all is fleeting, all is fleeting, God alone is unchanging. And immediately this music came into my head, and I sat there on a table and wrote out the pneumatic nature of the orchestra, the cellos and the double basses bellowing and respiring as if the lungs of God was, were bringing quiescence to the concert hall. And then the singer comes out and begins singing, let nothing trouble you. What, what did all this mean for me? Well, as a child growing up with these enigmatic notions of, you know, music, where does it come from? Um, is the, uh, when I found the mystic formula through these mystic saints, seek God through the dark nights of the soul to you. We all know we've had those dark nights of the soul, and that's where our greatest growth comes from spiritually. And as we grow through sin, through addiction, we get closer and unionize ourselves with God because we're getting rid of the sin, not, not pushing it under the carpet, but we're getting it out the house. And what, what replaces it is goodness and, and, and hold, wholeness, and, and we get closer to God. So being compelled as a musician to feel the divine uh, offspring of God's musical language in me, I realized, well, I'm seeking self through art to high consciousness. High consciousness may be a metaphor for union with God, to, 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 to have this privilege. So when I started reading Jung, for instance, I found his idea, uh, supported my ideas regarding the process of composing music, the notion that deep within the human psyche lies this collective subconscious, right? The deeper the spiritualist contemplates, the deeper the composer concentrates and writes, the more they are involved with those rivers that feed the wells of the human psyche millions of years old. And the content or the origin of the wells of the human psyche are where art poetry, music, and religion coexist. So since God created music and God is above the collective consciousness, uh, the mystics seek union with God, the artist seeks union with high consciousness. So another way to support what Jung concluded is to, uh, maybe I can recite to you the opening quatrain of the second commission, the spiritual canticle, which San Juan Yepes wrote. This is an excellent example of mystical poetry. He writes, I get it from memory, I entered though I know not where. And where I went, I do not know. All knowledge was transcended there, for peace and piety abound in perfect love to show. What is John saying? One can discover oneself, journey through the nights of the dark soul to achieve union, high consciousness, ultimately to experience God. That to understand God requires transcending knowledge. And I think of a triptych, uh, a diagram to explain what I'm trying to say, and the diagram is into three panels. It's a triptych. Imagine the first panel displays a collection of dots, and let's call this diagram knowledge. The second display shows an image of dots connected by lines, but one line connects one dot to the other. I call this experience. The third diagram, however, shows the dots rearranged with many lines connecting into many more dots. This diagram represents originality, that someone who comes along and is familiar with the previous knowledge has the experience but discovers new invention using the previous knowledge and experience, transcending the knowledge, the results of which create a paradigm shift in thinking. These are the types that, pr that produce Rockefellers, Vanderbilts, Morgans, Edisons, Beethovens, Marie uh, Curie, Madame Curie, Shakespeare's, Musk's, and the, and the list goes on forever. So one can even create an argument that imagination is the main catalyst of evolution. Wow. You know, Christopher, Christopher. I'm inspired by this. Oh, I, I'm inspired. We got to take a break. <laughs> we we got to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about your commercial banking. We're going to talk about business development. And most importantly, I want to talk about the, the two, two T capital. We'll be back shortly after the break. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. 
We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hey, hello. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and I'll tell you, Christopher is exciting. All of us and, uh, Toward the end, the last time we were all on the road, did not want to take that break because he was breaking it down from a philosophy perspective on all the great things that he learned at the Vatican. And uh, I tell you, it's exciting. I wish we had time. I want to hear some more of that thesis. Uh, but uh, we're going to have him back again. We're going to get him back. A- it's, uh, he's already confirmed we can have him back. So it's <laughs> locked in. There's too much to get to. Wow. You know, I listen to on this. You want to be part of the conversation? That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Christopher, uh, just to pivot a little bit, uh, can you tell us, our uh, listening audience, what forced you to pivot to the commercial banking and the skills that you created in that? You became the business development officer of the year over a lot of other peers and a lot of other great things. Can you tell our listening audience a little bit about that? Uh, yes, James. Uh, well, uh, and this is a good story for young musicians who may feel, they're, um, like I did, invincible and vulnerable to uh, the disruptions that happen, whether they're natural or unnatural. Uh, the Great Recession and COVID and the Japanese financial crisis are all very real events that happened. Uh, but encouraged by Henry Mancini, who was my mentor, of course, when I came back from Rome, uh, he wanted me to cultivate the Rome experience to the fullest. And that, in fact, this was my one-line resume, and I should add two more musical panels to the first commissions and produce a two-hour musical spectacle as a PBS special on St. Peter's Square for the Jubilee year 2000. So I brought together four of Hollywood's most respected directors and the award-winning producers, set lighting designers to scaffold the now newly called Mystic Saints, uh, a two-hour musical drama based on the personal letters and poetry of four of the most enigmatic Western spiritual leaders. Um, and I put everything I had into mounting the production, my own money, time, and unfortunately, the unexpected Japanese financial crisis in 1997 forced me to resign the effort, uh, but not till I had exhausted myself financially and emotionally. And uh, I reviewed the LA Times, and for the first time, I had to commit to finding a job outside of music. And that was as a telemarketer for a middle market bank. I had opened up the LA Times, and lo and behold, there was a, an advertisement. And I said to myself, what well, better place to learn wealth management than a bank? So this never happens to me again. And the decision changed my life forever. But that's how I started to become a banker. Wow. And I assume that uh, during the same time that you was developing those skills, you were still practicing music at the same time. I mean, still developing your, your musical skills. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, uh, discipline, but from my dad, focus, uh, a deep desire to never give up, and excellent time management skills. Uh, <laughs> those traits kept my music career going, yes. I want to know about oh, why did you create the 2T Academy? Can, first of all, can you tell us what that is and why did you create it? Yeah, I, think, I appreciate the question. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer that 
nothing's wasted in life. If you have a positive attitude, uh, everything and anything could be an asset. You can imagine the self-esteem issues I had when I was forced to pivot into something other than music. I had a, an exemplary career. Uh, I was independent. I was living on my own uh, imagination. It's the most euphoric feeling in the world to get on a platform and conduct Hollywood's best musicians and get paid for it. There just simply is never, a, there's just not a better feeling in the world until I met my wife, that is. But I have, I'm not married at this point, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to look back at, uh, at my collection of habits. And here I am, I have a corporate banking career and I have a music career, one's left brain, one's right brain. And I created the 2D Academy because I didn't want this to happen to young musicians like myself. I wanted young musicians to be better prepared than I was. So to serve fellow classical musicians that are confronting considerable challenges today, especially after COVID, such as no jobs, no tenured faculty positions, uh, technologies learned in college, whether they're relevant after college. And many of these Generation X uh, uh, students are concerned about work-life balance, a sustainable career. So I sat down and I realized after the Great Recession that in hindsight, the banking industry provided me so much, the ability to become financially stable, develop a network of outstanding CEOs, MBAs, and and corporate entrepreneurs, knowledge and discipline that blended in perfectly with my musical education. And it also helped accelerate my musical career. So I can pronounce upon this experience, repackage it to create an online music academy whose purpose is to teach musicians how to use their music education to succeed in today's business world without having to go back to college to earn a business or finance degree while accelerating their musical career. So the big motivator for this, something that certainly helped, was reading Daniel Pink's seminal book, A Whole New Mind, Why Right-Brainers Will Rule the World. This book grabbed me. And Mr. Pink talks about the last few decades belonging to the certain kind of person with a certain kind of mind. Computer programmers who could crank code, lawyers who could craft contracts, MBAs who could crunch numbers. Mr. Pink tells us that the keys to the kingdom are changing and that the future belongs to a very different kind of person with a very different kind of mind. Creators, empathizers, pattern recognizers, meaning makers. These people, musicians, for instance, uh, will now reap society's greatest rewards and share its greatest joys. The book was published in 2004. It's message prophetic. So the book, the book actually has a chapter in it that is called The MFA is the New MBA. And Harvard's MBA program admits about 10% of its applicants. UCLA Fine Arts graduate students admits 3%. Why? Because the MFA is now one of the hottest credentials for corporate recruiters starting to visit the top, who are visiting the top arts and schools and grad schools. Because of outsourcing and automation, uh, many MBA graduates are becoming the century's blue collar workers. So as left directed style of work can be done for a lot less overseas and delivered by clients instantly, that is where it continues to go forcing many of today's knowledge workers to command a new set of aptitudes. So when I'm reading this, and then I started researching year after year to see more and more recruiters in HR divisions are hiring soft skills to basically, because corporations now, the last bastion of stronghold of competition is in transformation, is in beauty, is in meaning. And right-directed functions where musicians and creative people flourish have these skill sets. Musicians don't know this when they go to school. Our personal vision is very small. Technical skills, mastering musical instruments, the hope, the emotion, the investment parents give. But they're not aware that these skill sets, like I did, autobiographically, are useful and needed. So instead of working at Starbucks, not to demine Starbucks, which is socially hip and cool, why not have an academy that can teach you how to pivot those soft skills into industries that are thriving and teach them how to do that to secure their financial stability, not defer student loans, pay them off, and find a job specifically that matches their musical careers and aspirations. And that's why it was created. Christopher, can you tell us about Octave 8, um, about this program and what members can expect to learn? Sure. Um, Octave 8 is one of our flagship courses within the academy, and every member has an opportunity to engage in the six-week program. This is a six modules, if I should say. So Activate is where a member in module one and two, they, they, um, uh, they first take a course called Identity. This develops their profile by identifying their soft skills and adaptability strengths. The purpose of these lessons will fuel the student with their personal keywords, language, and rhetoric based on their unique qualifications. Uh, module three, we teach them to transfer their creative skills successfully to business by showing them how to read business trends, how to analyze the creative job market and identify those vertical markets that correspond with their uh, adaptability and soft skill profiles. 
Uh, in week four, the student learns the advantages of corporate job, wealth management, choosing the correct health insurance policy, networking strategies, uh, work-life balance, how to use the daytime job to accelerate their vision. They're trained on the big picture with uh, what financial stability brings, less stress, better health, better marriages, more options in life, uh, financially stable children. Module five, the student has researched three creative industries that we match with them specifically that correspond with their soft and adaptability strengths that are thriving industries and pay well. And in addition, these three industries not only appeal to the student, but the knowledge, technology, internal, external networking connections correspond with their long-term career goals. We teach each member tips on how to have a successful interviews, for example, how to write a, an effective resume, how to create an effective LinkedIn profile. And in module six, we teach you how to accelerate your music career while having a portfolio career, basically several streams of income. So we teach you how to effectively manage time and work-life balance. And the final exam is developing your pathway to success by detailing your operations plan into a digital calendar. It's much more than that because not only do we have this, we have this flagship course, but we have tons of content we provide on a monthly basis from successful musicians teaching you success tips. We have a web TV program, which is a one-hour documentary feature, which goes into the story, that amazing story that happens once you graduate. What do these musicians do? What options did they choose after they graduate to be the success they are today? Um, and I, wow. as fun, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I it's, it's so much stuff. Hey, Christopher, it's good stuff. I tell you, we're coming, we're down to the last minute of the show. But oh, boy, uh, real quickly, <laughs> real quickly, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they wanted to reach out, if they want to be part of the academy, they want to learn more? Real quickly, can you tell our listening audience how they can reach you? Sure, sure. Well, of course, um, the best way is to go to w, www, the number two, the letter T, 2Tacademy.com. And you can contact me through there. Uh, you can hire me as a personal trainer. You can, the, the academy is $27 a month. It's priced very, 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 very well. Um, and that's the best way. It's, uh, my, my email, info at ChristopherCaliendo.com. And I try to get to everybody, that, uh, everybody you know, in, in due course. Wow. You know, I got to have you back on, Chris, uh, Christopher. Uh, we're at the end of the show. I want to thank Christopher for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Uh, morning back again. I'd like to thank my great co-host, Michelle Cooley. I'd like to thank my great producer, Noah Dingley. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for taking the time to always tune in Monday through Friday uh, to the James Cooley Show. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's your life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.